Since I recorded with you. It's been a while. Since Rob was sitting here on this little couch that is way too small for him. It's been a while since I got my check from Putin. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm, I'm, I have it on. It's recording, so. Thank you. All right. All right, so we just hop right into this. Let's do it. Yeah, hey. Um, welcome to the Corner Spatey. Uh, today is, uh, Kieran is not here because family bullshit, I fuck guess. Fuck Kieran. Yeah, fuck Kieran. Yeah, that's um, right, I'm back. Yeah, so Rob's back. Uh, I, myself, Nick, of course, here, if you did not already tell by my beautiful, wonderful timbre of voice that I have. and uh, He's wonderful. I meant it in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. It's a very assertive cadence. Like, you make everyone listen to you. No, I fucking suck. Um, and, and, and Yulia's here sitting. Cadence. Maybe she'll she'll chime in. But for right now, she's just balling with us. <laughs> Yulia's, uh, what's, it, what's it called in video games? Um, like, you have to pay extra if you want to unlock the like everything. In oh, DLC. Games. Yeah, no, but there's something else. Like in Loot, loot Crate? No, <laughs> we've really gone off the rails. Microtransactions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yulia is a microtransaction. Yeah, yeah. Spend five ninety nine, <laughs> and you get to hear Yulia's input on this episode. Yeah, she's talking. You just yeah. won't hear it unless you pay five ninety nine. That's five ninety nine. One easy payment of five ninety nine. Yeah. So um, Rob has been once again, as is very traditional on the pod so far, that he's just been destroying his brain <laughs> for our amusement. Yeah. Well, before I destroyed my brain, I've been traveling. Uh, you know, I'm a very uh, worldly fellow. I've been traveling mm-hmm. Europe. Yeah, I got that sweet Putin money now, finally. Yeah, yeah so first things first, I was in Italy, as you told everybody. Um, kind they, of, but that, kind that, of blew my that episode cover. Never, that episode never aired. Yeah, it did. I, I listened. It's, it said I was in Italy. Oh, okay, yeah. Question <laughs> Yeah, like, and I was there. I was in Tuscany. Uh, I told everyone I was hiking, but actually I was closing on our Tuscan villa. Um, the check came in from Putin. You know, he says we've been doing, I can't do a Russian accent. We've been doing great uh, work, getting excellent compromat and dis- destabilizing Europe. Cool. Yeah. And so like any good uh, leftist podcast, like any good champagne socialist, we need a luxurious mansion to podcast from. And now we have a wonderful villa in Tuscany. I can't wait thank to you, see Putin. it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Vladdy. And thank you to Matteo for the connect. You know, it's really <laughs> nice of him to set, to set that up. That sweet old Russian-Italian Friends, recognize friends. You know? And you were in London too, weren't you? For also the same reason. Yeah, you know, to- like I had to pay it. Like, I mean, it's a business transaction. Like he gives me the money. I go uh, poison some Rus- uh, <laughs> expat Russians in London. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And and you get that sweet money, that sweet, sweet, sweet Russian money. So, but yeah, so Rob's been destroying his brain and destroying Russian operatives. <laughs> um, and and <laughs> he's beast mode on some Russian operatives. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know, Rob. Ben uh, Shapiro put cyanide in the left's argument. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Yeah, you you've uh, you've you found a new friend in in the in the sphere of of, of German op ed ing whatever the German the ops German ops. Well, they think they're they're doing ops. Um, yeah. So to just back up for a little bit, when we started this podcast, we thought about everyone, or I think a lot of people, even people in Europe, know 
who the dumb American op-ed writers are. Yeah. People know who's on the New York Times page because they see everyone dunking on them on Twitter. Uh, there's the ongoing Chapo joke that the Australian fans have to learn who John Podoritz is. Um, but it's good because they're uniquely... Something about writing an op-ed every week, you're, it, like whether it's the kind of people they attract or how it just like like burns out your brain writing that every week they're just it's like a unique distillation of the horrors of our world and the pathologies of the world as we're going to learn yeah you really have to be a special kind of of dumb guy or gal in order to just convince yourself that your ideology is so pure that every week you can write the same fucking essay for a major publication without like with one, everyone just belittling you on Twitter for writing the dumbest shit. And two, for you being like, yeah, well, you guys are all wrong. Like, it is it is, it is, is I who have the the knowledge and the skill to... Well, I think the belittling on Twitter is a new thing because... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the ones in the U.S. are like, we're under attack. Like, I don't feel safe. Because, we're under attack. Because people send me, yeah, um, gifts. There's like 500... Uh, Rose emojis and my reply sending me gifts. Uh, I don't feel safe right now. I shouldn't be alone. And then they slide into the DMs of some young, you know, woman journalist uh, for their newspaper. Uh, yeah. So in Germany, for example, um, I don't think they uh, have to deal with that kind of attack. You know, they're still very comfortable. Um, oh, they're still writing yeah. their shit every week. I've been checking out the replies of this person we're going to talk about, and it's just all Germans going like. Another excellent breakdown from from my hero. Like, keep it up, keep up the good work. Yeah, all so, men, like without fail. Yeah, unless you're German, you're not going to know who this who this big baller is. But I but guess you're going to have to learn about it. Much like John Podoritz, we are going to spread this boy around the world. Yeah, let's the sun go. will never set on the recognition of his name. One Jan Fleischhauer. So, for anyone who does not speak German, Fleischhauer legitimately means. Meat beater. Beat your meat. Beat your meat. He beats yeah. his meat every week, and yeah. you have to read him beating his meat every yeah. single week. On Twitter, you have to read about him beating on, his meat to toxic femininity. On his premium Snapchat, where it's, <laughs> it's just it's just him literally beating his meat. But I I think that that's the most someone with 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 the name like Jan Meat Beater, who is just an unapologetic racist. And in the sense of a racist that then's like normal in German politics is just perfect. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, the reason we're dedicating the whole episode to him is because he is a very central figure. Um, he just he represents a lot of different intersections of what we try to get out on this show. Um, the kind of like his whole personality, the way he's just as we're going to get into like completely full of himself completely full of himself but also he doesn't have the like insane optimism of american op-ed writers yeah like he has this snark that could like is just a like paper thin mask underneath it is just like fascism yeah. <laughs> straight up his whole like yeah i mean like the, which represents europe that's yeah what we're and, trying to tell and you the thing that then listen so, to us the thing that's so funny with him is that like he always kind of justifies this with an autobiographical sense of like, I grew up in a social, social democratic family who was like, you know, a product of the sixties. He has a lot of problems with his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And he uses that to then kind of prove that like, Oh, well, you know, the left, like they don't have their shit together because they actually hate the West and they hate Europe and they hate their own people. Yeah. 
So I like, and people even ask like, who's the David Brooks of Germany? Who's the Megan McArdle of you Germany? You can't compare it. You can't quite compare it. There are elements of each. We're going to break down the similarities, but this guy, Jan Fleischhauer is unique. He doesn't have, he doesn't, like I said before, he doesn't have the optimism of a David Brooks or Thomas Friedman, because no matter how dumb they are, they have this kind of golden retriever mindset where Thomas Friedman on some level really thinks that like he's he's trying hard he's like i'm gonna come up with this theory about the four different kinds with the pies did you see that one recently like yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he's trying to do something and david brooks is dumb but also like he like ends his essays with some like and this is what it means to be the american spirit while jan fleischauer is just like <laughs> this like above it all snark as we're gonna get into that like from one sentence like 90% of the articles above of the op-ed is above above it all snark and then 10% is just like wilding the fuck out yeah I mean to be fair I've only read like one or two of his pieces I'm gonna inundate you I have like 10 articles for us <laughs> we're just gonna go through like the, the best way to understand this guy is just like bits and pieces you can't stare at it too long or else you will like your face will melt like the Nazis and Raiders of the Lost Ark so you just gotta like keep it moving keep it moving so yeah, what do you want to start with? Because well, my favorite one is the one that then you want to reserve for last. Yeah, we're which gonna is also my favorite last. one is the only well, one okay, that I fully have, have read. Him. We yeah. have to introduce him. So, the boy Jan Meatbeater, <laughs> he writes for Der Spiegel. Um, yeah. Also, too, like like Der Spiegel for the longest time has tried to like market itself as being like a center left. I would put it on like the tabloid category, but it is like a, a serious political magazine. They have done pretty decent journalistic work, especially when it comes to like whistleblower stuff. They're really big about that. But all in all, they are, again, another German reference, unfortunately, but they're like the bid for students. And <laughs> bid is like a, a is like a right wing, the center right wing actual bid tabloid is like the new york post yeah yeah build is yeah bid bid is is the new york post that then like up until three or four years ago would just have like tits on the cover and would like they always have these massive like breitbart like headlines still today that's like migrant murders child oh, yeah. in you know in berlin or something like that so spiegel is like a university version of that. It's still horribly reactionary, pretends that it isn't, and then employs these dipshits to like write these these Yeah, just garbage. Just straight up fucking garbage. Yeah, he's been with it for his whole journalistic career since nineteen eighty nine or something. He lived in New York City and wrote for them there. And but it's really his return to Germany, I think in two thousand nine or something, that he's really like found his mold as this conservative op ed writer. He's written three books since then. And he's kind of a voice for a certain, uh, a certain German, older German white male who sees himself as snarky and like smarter than these like esoterish left wing, like, f like woman Antifa students. Like they're just so dumb. And like, I just have to be snarky and tell so them what's going on. if you study business or law in Germany, this is your motherfucking guy. He doesn't say facts and logic because that's not the same, like... It's, it's just a different cultural It's not nearly as situation. flashy as American conservatism. American yeah. conservatism has gotten very good at marketing their message. But Germany always has this 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 tradition of trying to like pretend to be acad like very 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 academic and very like you know what Ben Shapiro wishes that he was was just like cold hard facts. 
the German conservatives like kind of do that better. I do think that he's like a more effective Ben Shapiro. Yeah, in yeah. some ways, yeah. Because he can actually read statistics. Yeah, like and ben his Shapiro. writing is like snappy in a in a like in a dumb way. Yeah, Ben Shapiro just can't write like straight up or do anything. Yeah, his fucking dad has to write op eds for him to be like, I'm defending my son, and then he has a fucking pseudonym that he goes under to. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Ben Shapiro got like whenever if you ever notice this. There's whenever Ben Shapiro gets like in a big controversy, there's an article that will always appear in the Daily Wire that's written by a different person every time. But it's his dad. <laughs> but he owns the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, right? He's, he's the editor in chief or something. Yeah, yeah, but his dad is the main. And like, he employs his, his dad? His dad writes defense pieces for him, but under a different <laughs> name every single time. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. It's really fucking cool. Well, the comparison. I wish my to, dad would do that for you when I, I say dumb <laughs> shit. Yo, dad, come on the pod. That feel when my dad won't write op eds defending <laughs> me on, on on Twitter from the Antifa hordes. Yeah, so let's get into this because. Yeah. Well, I, before we get into it, I do want to say the comparison to Ben Shapiro is very fruitful, as we'll learn. I mean, if you've if you've read Ben Shapiro's book uh, and know his his thoughts about certain bear men. And uh, his sexual pathologies. Is that true allegiance book or whatever? Yeah, there's some connection to Jan Fleischauer. And like Ben Shapiro, it's just all out there waiting for you to just read it. And you're just stuck with the guy. All right. So like I said, he's written three books. So his first book was published in 2009. And this is really, I mean, when I do the research, this, this is really when he blew up on the scene. I wasn't. I wasn't I wasn't living in Germany in 2009 or before. I don't this know that his, much before. This is his like like take care mixtape thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just when, much like take care, he has similar f- emotions about uh, <laughs> family, women. Um, yeah. So his first book is called. Let me get the exact title. It's called Unter Linken, which means like among the left. For all you uh, Yankees out there. <laughs> Or anyone else who just yeah, doesn't speak German. <laughs> it's a fucking horrible language. From one who accidentally became conservative. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The whole book, I, I didn't read it. I think we might need to do a reading series on it with the with the full squad because I think, yeah, it says a lot. There's a lot going on, as, as one says, uh, with this book and with Jan Fleischauer. But the gist of it is a, like a memoir or talking about his upbringing and he was born in, I think, 1960, 1962. And so he talks about the 60s movement and the change in Germany, and especially his, his mother. And his mother is very alternative and left wing and how she represents a changing Germany and how he like became a conservative out of a reaction to that and all of his problems with this certain like cosmopolitan 1968 left wing Germany, German mindset. But um, German mindset sounds so horrible. <laughs> Jan, oh Fleischauer, my God. Jan Fleischauer has a strong case of German mindset. Oh God, yeah. And like, as as some people pointed out, like just you can read it on the Wikipedia. Some people are like, you know, he says he, he presents conservatism as this big like countercultural thing, but he's just continuing the the like norm in German politics since 1945, since before that. Um, he's not really like. I mean, he's one of these guys who's like, yeah, the left made me do this when he's really just like a reactionary. He's always had a reactionary mindset and he's just trying to justify it. But he's obsessed with the left. He's obsessed with women and he's obsessed with the choices his mom made and the way his mom raised him, which is, uh, yeah, it's going to be a recurring theme. So 
keep uh, keep that in mind. The okay. And then his so like I said, that's how he burst onto the, onto the scene. His second book was just a collection of his essays. He wrote he's wrote in Der Spiegel. Like I said, he's had a column for a long time now. Uh, he wrote a blog called The Axis of Good. Oh fuck off! <laughs> oh yeah. Oh god. Oh yeah. Can you use that word in German and like not be a like a, just not be fash? So another thing before he wrote that second book, which was just a collection of his essays from his op-ed, because like all op-ed writers, he's inherently very lazy and can only do one thing. Uh, he had a documentary published by Der Spiegel, um, where he kind of fashions himself a right-wing Michael Moore. So what he does, he was living in Berlin at the time, and he'll just go up to like kind of like kindly old German uh, green politicians who like want to ban McDonald's from their Kreuzberg neighborhood and owns them with logic. Like, uh, do you see the pommes at the at this like local mom and pop imbis are just as unhealthy as McDonald's? Like, and then just like watches him as he like eats the eats the French fry. What I really want to talk about is his third book. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to read you the title and I want you to guess what it's about. Okay. So you know his first two books. Okay, go. Okay. Alles ist besser als noch ein Tag mit dir. Anything is better than another day with you. Is this, all right, wait. I can give you a hint. His ho cheated on him. Well, <laughs> I don't know. But it's an autobiography with a literary flair. The second half of the title is a book about love, its end, and life afterwards. Okay, I'm kind of right Yes, then. he wrote a whole book about his divorce. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, like that's a brutal title for... He's a, he is a, just the purest distillation of a conservative op-ed writer. Like he writes about... He's, he's really has tons of sexual pathologies. He wrote a whole book about... Uh, getting about his divorce and how his wife like doesn't love him anymore yeah it's sad i mean i i wouldn't love him either but yeah yeah so reading that book might be another one of our reading series you really like this guy don't you just, <laughs> my, i'm so tortured by reading this shit and now i'm ready to share with you him? the listener should we begin yeah. For the record, all of these are available online on Spiegel Online. There are even more behind, like I almost got the Spiegel sub pre-subscription to read Toxic Femininity, where he just complains about all the women dropping kids off at kindergarten and their giant cars. I'm, I'm not lying. That's what the whole thing's about. He has a style where he starts with a story that's often like very hateful or like just sus and then like turns it into a different point that also sucks. Like, it's, it's pretty masterful. And the first one I'm going to read for you is a good example of this style. It's close to our heart because it combines two things we love or two things maybe we have a complicated relationship towards. That article is called... All right, I'm not going to read the German. because I don't know. We do have a lot of German listeners. I'm going to read it in German, then English. Yeah, okay, do that, yeah. Okay. The first article is... Berlin... Das Venezuela Deutschland. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Fuck off. Berlin, the, the Venezuela, Venezuela of, Germany. of Germany. Holy, uh, what the fuck? Like I said, he's, okay, you can't, you can't call Jan Fleischauer. He knows, like, I think he seems pretty well read and pretty intelligent. That's what that makes him, that, that that's what always, makes him all the more fash the because he's just like, doesn't give a, like, he's just like, 
<laughs> you know, he's like, thinks like, like he, when I compared to Ben Shapiro, he's like, if Ben Shapiro actually knew a little bit more and then just like, was, had this like cold, like angry, like core to him that was just ready to burst at any moment. That's the thing that is, I find much scarier with European conservatives is that they are like where conservatives go in the United States talking about all the, the, the dumb bullshit philosophy or whatever that they base their shit on fucking Athens and Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that fucking Ben Shapiro thing. It's like they read, they read, you know, the fucking Wikipedia page about, you know, these, whatever the yeah. ideas are or in Ben Shapiro's case, they found out that Jerusalem and Athens are uh, cities and sorry, that entire time that uh, whenever any conservative mentions like natural Greek rights, the only thing I can think about is pedophilia, which is what Ben Shapiro is defending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like, it doesn't hold any like it. It the argument holds nothing with it with these people in the U.S. But in Europe, they're just fucking insane, and. They have actually they they are also such nerds that they have kind of done the like I don't know who is it like was it Gorka or or Bannon who's like actually like pretty well read one of them is just like I think it's Gorka because Bannon doesn't know shit I mean yeah, Bannon yeah, yeah. has read like four books that he always drops in interviews like as Machiavelli and Sun Tzu once yeah, said yeah but like Gorka's actually he, like like so, um, but Gorka's fucking few, Hungarian so few, it's that same shit if you know this but um. Steve Bannon has this weird quirk that he wears as many shirts at the same time as books he's read. So he wears like four shirts because he's read four books. And like, you know, I admire that, like, honesty. But there's like, in Europe, I always get the feeling that then like, they're, they're fucking horrible, but they can actually hold their own when it comes to like a discussion about like, whatever topic it is. I I don't know, maybe, maybe it's me just thinking that Europeans are better at everything sometimes, (laughs) but it is like genuinely frightening because I don't know, like Ben Shapiro will fucking talk about Marx and have no idea what he's talking about. Or like a conservative. As Marx said about human nature. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking Jordan Peterson has never cracked open any book of Marx. You just did Jordan Peterson. Um, I can't, but I can't do it now. It's too much pressure. I thought that was Jordan Peterson right Um, there. That was when you hold your nose, it's Ben Shapiro. Oh, okay, sorry. Always. I'm sorry. They both sound the same in in your in your world. I will not beat my meat. I'm not beating my meat. I will never <laughs> beat my meat. Stop adding me about beating my meat. Insert Game of Thrones memes. But yeah, is that it comes down to like yeah, exactly like a, only Amer- it's a, it's, Americans just know fucking Game of Thrones yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. it. It's like for them it'll be like conservatism mixed with like pop culture, where then like the Europeans will give you the like blood and soil nationalism with like the actual philosophy behind it that then is typically this like Jerusalem, Athens shit that then will back it up. Well, it goes back to what I was just mentioning to you. Shout out the Antifada episode that had uh, Matt Chrisman on it. Because they, when introducing this book about um, fascism, I don't remember now this French book for some crazy old French fascist. But the main difference between that and like the Turner Diaries, this American fascist book, is that the Turner Diaries is like psychotically optimistic. Like, we fucking did it. The white race is pure. We won. Everything you ever dreamed has come real. And that's the American optimism mindset. Whereas Europeans are very like the, the, 
the other book that they talked about is like white genocide happens and it's like the end of the world and everything's going to end and it's this very like dark and that's what the right view. actually like in a lot of parties goes off on here yeah. is that then like the ex- I mean and it's what the right in America is increasingly especially the, the yeah, new right the is new right embracing. I think is yeah I mean because this like in, psychotic settler mindset is run out in America well, yeah and also just mixed completely with just like the alienation of capitalism has led people down the wrong road of of yeah you can point to things like European birth rates are are decreasing obviously i'm sure jan vleichauer hasn't oh yeah his his obsession with abortion is actually a little uh connected to that because he knows the exact statistics of how many abortions happened in germany this year and last year and the year before yeah but that all i mean like like that 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 does come down to a uh yeah i don't know like there's just this like very like pessimistic white nationalist thing of like that we have to you know preserve our culture and this and that and that from um yeah i don't know like i said berlin this Venezuela of Germany. Fucking oh god. Okay. Go, yeah, I'm. I'm, gonna... I'm. I've only seen the headline that you sent to me of this, and I thought it was so stupid that I couldn't even bother looking further into it because I, I was just gonna. I do want to ask you, like, maybe she knows the story. Okay. It begins, and I just trans. I just plugged it into Deep L, so it's it's a pretty good translation. A story from the big city. A man, writer, and former medical doctor who has been retired for a long time believes to have discovered discrepancies in the curriculum vitae of the spokeswoman of the city government. I'll jump ahead, but, you know, apparently this woman, I forget her name, in the Berlin parliament, you know, she listed that she took six years, but it actually took 13 and studying somewhere, blah, 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 blah. Next paragraph. The man compiles his... Okay, before I get into the next paragraph... The story that we have set up is a writer and former doctor notices some problems and like a good citizen, he, he's going to let someone know about this, that this woman's lying. Stop me when it sounds, when something seems amiss. Okay. The man compiles his, re- his research results in a 79-page dossier, which he sends to the mayor of the city and heads of the parliament. Wait, wait, what? What? Represented in the House of Representatives. We get a 79-page dossier sent to several people. Wait, as an so author, this, 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 this just random concerned citizen just produces an 80-page, sorry, 79-page yeah. dossier to... As okay, an author, this is all Jan Fleischauer. This is the beautiful so Jan it's, Fleischauer prose. It's him. No, no, no. As an oh, author, okay. he tends to use a strong language. The speaker, this woman, is referred to in, in his text as a flunko queen and a plapa maul. I don't know I even how to translate that, like... A, Julia, how would you translate that? A, like blab, like a plapper mouth. Yeah. A blabber mouth. So we have a 79-page document sent to several people going off on this woman in Berlin government. That is not particularly friendly. Again, back to Jan Fleischhauer. On the other hand, compared to what people say on the internet, this can be seen as a moderate expression of opinion. Not long after he has sent his pamphlet by post, the man is visited by the police. Early in the morning, six policemen stand at the door and demand access to his apartment. They confiscate computers and mobile phones, as well as printers, hard drives, and various USB sticks. I wonder why. Jans, I don't know how to say this name. Jans, how do you say Joachim in German? What? J-O-A-C-H-I-M. Joachim. Okay, cool. Hans Joachim Lehmann 
as the dossier writer is, called, is named, did not deal drugs or accept stolen goods. Okay, so now he's defending this guy, this just old reactionary man, which is a like. So, it's not in every Jan Fleischauer piece, but they kind of like they come up later. Just some police officer in Bavaria sends him like a, a concerned letter. <laughs> and then he's like, I, I got I got concerned mail from one of my readers and then talks about it. So Jan Fleischauer sees himself standing up for the like very old, angry white German men like this guy who decides just as a hobby to write a 79 page dossier. Yeah, exactly. And so the like the police knocked knock in his door. You know, this is unjust. And what does Jan Fleischer have to say to defend him? Perhaps Lehmann should have dealt with drugs. Then he presumably would have spared a police visit. In Görlitzer Park, Berlin, there's Europe's largest open-air drug uh, transshipment center. Without the police intervening, the city government wants it that way. So four paragraphs into a typical Jan Fleischer piece, what do we have so far? We have a reactionary old man. We have just like, attention, attention, the mask is slipping, the fascism is coming out, where he just the, just wants to murder all of the drug dealers in Gorlitzer Park. But has he been to Gorlitzer Park? Gorlitzer Park's pretty fucking like, I mean, yeah. yeah. He, he lived in Berlin for like 10 years. He just, he doesn't care, he just wants to but kill like, them all. But like, who goes to Gorlitzer Park and is just like pissed off by the drug dealers? I'm more, I'm far more pissed off. Yeah, they're all like, they're, they're... I have no problem with them. The people I really don't like are all the fucking hippies who like slack line and shit. <laughs> they suck. You can't put your your blanket down anywhere because yeah. all the trees have slack lines between yeah, them. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Like those people. It's fucking, they throw their frisbees so far. Yeah, the fucking drug dealers come to tell you that they tell you that you're fucking looking sexy today and that like, <laughs> do you want any drugs? Yeah. I mean, I don't need drugs, but I appreciate your compliments. So. Jan Fleischhauer does not understand who the true enemies of, of the state are, which are hippies who fucking slackline. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Yulia, you're fucking dummy thick. Like, you're looking good. Jan Fleischhauer does not think Yulia is dummy thick. He thinks he thinks <laughs> old he thinks old men who write seventy nine page dossiers are dummy thick. Uh, all right. So is Berlin, one can say. And then he just goes off about the, the regime of the red, red, green in Berlin. Yeah, who does fucking nothing. I'm not, not going to read everything. I'm talk not going to read everything. A, talk about a worthless fucking coalition here. You have a coalition of socialists and greens who just passed... A, I don't know that we're going to have a whole episode about housing in this fucking dumb well, we're gonna, city. Let's just get into it here. Because, but, all right, well, what he shit. says... Well, let, let me read it first. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. First off, I have to fucking go off on this because last week... The the mayor of Berlin. Yeah. Both maybe. <laughs> so I don't know the Jewish so thing. So many things. The, yeah. So the fucking mayor of Berlin just like made it so that then like oh yeah you can speculate on rents even more like why not and that's from a fucking quote unquote you know social democrat. Uh, yeah. Head of this dumbass city. Well, okay, for backgrounds, a lot of our listeners probably know, but for those who don't, there's a movement right now. It's going to be up for a, like, um, a referendum. A referendum, yeah. Sorry, I forget English. A referendum soon, and it's whether to expropriate the largest um, landlord, like the la largest housing companies in Berlin, yes. which is cool and pretty radical stuff, you know, compared to the rest of the world. And the government, especially the Berlin, the red, red, green, the left wing. So red, red, green refers to the SPD, the like center left social Democrats who suck like most center left parties across Europe. The green.
across Europe fucking are, suck. So fucking suck. And uh, Die Linke, the left party, which most like most left wing parties across uh, Europe are just like hopelessly irrelevant. Yeah. Um, so that's the government in Berlin. These the coalition between these three parties and their reaction to this like upcoming referendum has been the mayor of Berlin, the who's from the SPD, the center left party, to be like, it's actually anti-Semitic to want to expropriate oh, housing. Fuck. That's what he said. I know. Holy shit! He's because like, it would be the second time in German history that the that the Jews get their property taken away from so them. So this neoliberal sh- dipshit, like, what does Jan Fleischhauer see when he looks at him? He sees the city has always had a certain wickedness compared with the arrogance of the metropolis, the mixture of incompetence, hubris, and arrogance that the Senate under Michael Mueller displays is unique. Skipping ahead, he's just like he's just he's just. If you're unlucky enough to be ruled by Michael Mueller and his people, then it's best to take refuge in gallows humor or, or avoid private solutions. What? Like, for people like Mr. Meatbeater, Berlin is like a haven for him because he wants, like, all this conservative nonsense. And the city is actually far more conservative than people give it credit for. But what the fuck? Like, no. (laughs) So he goes on to talk about Aufstehen and the Wagenknecht and complain about Wagenknecht. And and then he says this. Wagenknecht, the leader, still the leader, right? No, 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 she's not. But she just stepped down, but they don't have a new person. No, they don't. But yeah, yeah, still. Wagenknecht. Fucking dummy. Yeah. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Wagenknecht, in contrast to many on the left, has recognized that the German welfare state cannot exist under the conditions of open borders. So I skipped like three paragraphs and he's gone from wanting to kill all the drug dealers in Gerlitz Park to like complaining about open borders. Yeah, but, but like... Jan Fleischhauer okay, pivots quickly. The thing that then I think is really interesting because like the Fash and like a very old version of leftism agrees on this mm-hmm. borders thing. And I've had a discussion with Kieran about this like off air about... Because the Angela Nagel thing, that article that she wrote, that's a really old version of of, yeah. of left wing political economy, of that you improve your nation within itself. You can't invite everyone in, but you can invite people then in who are you know you know downtrodden and this and that and that. But ultimately, and the thing that then in an old version of leftism that I like about this idea is that it promotes international socialism and if you if you have that then it's actually kind of cool so it's like all right we have borders currently with the nations but we're all fighting for a collective struggle for better workers rights however the modern left kind of who is still for this old argument doesn't really have a leg to stand on because there isn't the there isn't like there isn't the soviet union anymore simply put because you don't have an organization that then is going out to promote international workers' rights, international socialist projects, this and that and that. So you end up actually like in a very, yeah, I don't know, kind of like a weird fash argument about it of that borders in itself have to be then respected for our working class, you know, and it, it, it can't really work in the 21st century because you don't have an international socialist movement. At least I don't think that we do. I, I could be wrong, but... For sure, no, I, I agree. 
So, glad that Sarah Wagenknecht and and uh, Jan Meatbeater. He hates Sarah Wagenknecht again, maybe because she's a woman. Um, that's probably the Occam's Razor explanation. But they agree on on, on migration. He, he doesn't give a fuck. He hates all women. Well, true pimp. <laughs> he does really want to be like an irony like bro, but he just is deeply With, without deeply the irony and just the without deep, the irony, just yeah. to just say it and mean it completely. Yeah. All right, I'm moving on to the next one. That's pissing me off. I can't get into all of these. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the headline to you. I'm going to read the headline and then like the... We're doing the quiz thing that Yulia did to me and I got them all right, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. It's like the headline and then what is it called? The the poll quote or not the poll quote, the the like two sentences under okay, the headline. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to jump around. If something strikes our interest, we're going to go in depth. And I'm going to base it off of your reaction. What okay. we should go in depth on. Here's just a sample from the mind of Jan Meatbeater. <laughs> learning name. from 68 means learning to win. The desire for provocation and creative protest. Today, the true heirs of 68 come from the right. Even movement veterans like Hania so Langhans. So, wait, so he's 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 conservative. He's, it's the new punk rock. Yeah. So he's he's either he's either uh, Prison Paul or he's uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. He is exactly like Prison Paul. I'm sure Prison Paul wants to has thoughts. If he has ever met a girl at the park, they probably can agree on a lot. But didn't Milo did that exact same argumentation when he went to Berkeley? As like, oh, you know, they defended the free speech, but now conservatism is the free speech, and yet my free speech is being defended. Which then everyone forgets that he tried to out illegal immigrants and try to get them to This is the closest, I'm not going to pull it up. This is the closest that he gets like actual fascism because in this article he says that like they were fighting the bourgeois order in 68 and now the right is fighting the bourgeois order. And I'm like, what do you want to replace the bourgeois order with from the right? <laughs> Wait, is, but that's, the right isn't fighting the bourgeois order. That's what he says they are. The right, like any fighting of the bourgeois order comes from the right. Not the left who are just like, oh, look at me. Da, da, da. I'm Antifa. That's the whole thing with new conservatism. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, that's actually the thing, like the whole thing with new conservatism and all the stuff. Kulturkampf, the 68, and I mean, like, look at Viktor Orban and all of them. They are all using that argument that they yeah. are fighting the bourgeoisie, they are fighting the neoliberalism, etc., etc. So, and they kind of like to cr try to create a new conservatism that is not um, comparable to to conservatism we are used to, like the classic Republican Party, for example. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so but, it makes sense. But it's still like in the sense that too, regardless of if, if 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 they use that rhetoric, when push comes, I mean, not even when 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 push comes to shove, um, at any no, drop, at any drop, drop ready to go off. It's it is different. To it's different. In, we know it's from different the 50s, in the rhetoric, uh, but then there's still a part of bourgeois they, capital. Yeah, they use every like they use a lot of stuff that is useful to them. Yeah, like capital. As for I've, I've said this but a thousand the times and, over. And stuff they want and stuff they do is is not like what we're used yeah. to in the fifties and stuff like that, or like the 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 normal conservatism, yeah. like the bushes of <laughs> yeah <laughs> I i've know. said this a thousand, a thousand times before that the current right in most european countries yeah. are better leftists than the left yeah, are exactly they because they mobilize yeah, that yeah. They, they they mobilize old left-wing rhetoric yeah which is good and works but 
Yeah. With such a fervor that the left can, they want for whatever connect, reason, maybe they want it may- to connect to like a weird, like narrative from yeah. before conservatism in the fifties or something like that. Yeah. A lot of the times to old like fascism and, and stuff like that, which so. they're cool with. So yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely always amazed about, and Steve Bannon tried this in the U.S. Like kind of using these like. He always called himself a Leninist, and I always kind of found it like one That's part. Funny. I always found it one part a joke, but then when I like when you actually look at then his his on the ground tactics, it wasn't actually all too far off. Like given he's a he's not a Leninist, obviously, but this idea of creating like a a, a class consciousness around then one part that then's kind of. I don't want to say that it's true because it's like Steve Bannon's a racist piece of shit, but he at least realized the thing that like the left were were harping on about for over a hundred years, and realized some sense of of you know oh maybe they're right about that, but I need to just like you know implement a lot more anti-Semitism into this, or you know a lot more racism or whatever, and so you kind of get this like weird kind of like Strasserite sort of movement that then can be attributed to someone like a Bannon or I don't know Orban or any of these people then who kind of I don't know like I hate the word populism but like yeah it's just it's it it they they're left wing tactics not being used by the left simply well using invoking the name of lenin is popular for a lot of people who don't actually believe in leninism because and a certain wing of the a certain wing of dsa often says like no we like lenin like uh i mean i like lenin <laughs> i'm getting too. messy af on this right now okay a certain like party um that keeps changing its names i don't even know what the fuck they're called but they have the majority of seats on the national political committee in dsa they like to say lenin is really smart but don't read state and revolution don't read imperialism the highest form of capitalism just read what is to be done and tactics of social democracy so they're all that, neoliberals that say to knock then. on doors and talk to people that's what lenin was all about like their reading of lenin's basically the same as steve bannon's yeah i mean because like you can read lenin and become a neoliberal like <laughs> they did yeah like you have that with a lot of uh uh marxist leninist parties like for example in like south africa right now or something that they're just like yeah we need neoliberal capitalism because lenin said so it's like this wasn't around when lenin was alive but okay <laughs> we going in fam Woo! Ooh, uh, moving on god damn why are you doing this to me Okay. Yulia is a smart one here, was only chiming in when it's like absolutely necessary. What was interesting about what we were just talking about is that Jan Fleischhauer kind of diagnoses a certain trend on the new right, you know, that the new right is being, the new punk rock, you being know? Being cool. But Jan Fleischhauer telling is your mom always, to fuck off. Always at a distance from it. Jan Fleischhauer loves telling his mom to fuck off. <laughs> He's always at a distance. Like I said, his over, like the overwhelming feeling of his op-eds is one of above it all snark where he's just like huh, this is what the like dumb leftists think the crazy leftists i should do the bench i'm not gonna i'm not doing the german accent when i'm reading this stuff but like he i should do the bench bureau voice because that's that's just how he talks yeah i'd imagine that at least so even though he has a deeply reactionary like kernel to him he often doesn't like let it out sometimes the mask slips Yo. like with girl it's a park homie just like like but when he does his argumentation off. he always goes back to the rules and what's the lead and just like certain things like that 
but you can sense something's wrong. This next article is a good example. Okay, this one's called, the, the category is controversy over border controls. The, the headline, who's the real enemy of the constitution here? Oh God, fuck off. Horst Seehofer is considered the madman from Bavaria in dispute with the chancellor over asylum policy. The minister of the interior merely wants German law to be enforced again at the border. This is uh, for people who don't know. Can someone explain Horst Seehofer for the for our listeners who don't know the situation? I mean, Horst Seehofer is like just a old. He's he's Jan Fleischhauer if he like tried hard and didn't think like I can just write and that's a cool profession to have. If he's like took his reactionary stuff seriously and was like I'm gonna go fuck up the world. Yeah, like Hus, yeah, exactly. That I don't think there's a better way to describe him. He's this. He's not anymore. No, he he stepped down. So he's the former minister of the interior. And he he uh, he ascended to that role just in the new government, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he's, from he's this- been he's been he's been leaving his mark of just being just a the furthest right that you can be without being the AFD. But he would probably be an AFD member if like he was thirty years younger. And he's part of the CSU, which is if no one knows in Germany, there's a very complex structure between these two parties one in bavaria called the csu that is the christian social union they're those three things they're definitely not and the cdu which is the christian democratic union and they're one party that then functions as two which also equates to much more funding for them which in my opinion is why they're so popular in both you know um national and Local Bavarian elections, just they got that sweet money flowing in, but um, yeah, Horst Seehofer has been a member of that party for fucking ever, and has been always trying to push Merkel and just the CDU in general further right. Yeah, so the general dynamic to understand here is that the CSU, which just represents Bavaria, which is a generally it's generally considered like further to the right than the rest of Germany on average. Um, that they are pulling the rest of the CDU and the rest and Merkel, who's this kind of like centrist who like takes positions from everybody, per, pulling them further to the right. So as the minister of the interior, he's been developing a very reactionary uh, migrant policy. And yeah, so yeah. this op-ed is about that. But Jan Fleischhauer, the clever little <laughs> paper thin mask over his fascism that he is, doesn't just say, I agree with Horst Seehofer. He has to say like, <laughs> well, actually... If you look at the Constitution, uh, Horst Seehofer is the one following the rules, and Angela Merkel, who's so like given so much praise by the media, I hate that they're giving this fucking woman so much praise. <laughs> She's the one breaking the law. She's breaking the law. She's bad, mommy, bad. <laughs> but that's it. That's that's all he he doesn't say. I love Horst Seehofer. He just says, if you look at the Constitution, that's more legal. So who's the real idiot here? hate this guy he also says that like 62 percent of the i have to find the exact quote he's like he's like he in like defending zehofer over merkel because he often brings up he's like you know the media is so leftist so left-wing they love merkel when really the german people are behind zehofer and he's like 60 62 percent of the german people support these border restrictions um sorry you have to back up for a second there was a thing about 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 mommy bad. 
<laughs> it was a little bit after that, but okay. Um, f- fuck, I don't, I don't got anything. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's gonna come back. We're gonna keep cycling around. Yeah. Um, Rapid fire. Okay. Why African art is best served in Europe. What does it say about us if we assume that cultural just goods... Just don't. Just, sorry, no. just, just What does just it say about stop, us if stop, we assume that cultural stop, goods stop, are not properly stop. protected in their countries of origin? Well, what does it say? It means that we know Africa. Stop. Stop. You know how Germany knows Africa is by making... Is literally... Literally... By colonizing it? No. <laughs> literally having the precursor of the fucking Holocaust there. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, that's yeah. not colonizing. Yeah, know, that I, is beyond oh, that. kind of like... Yo... <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I have no comment on that aside from the fact that a German telling. What the fuck? Holy shit! It's funny you mentioned the Holocaust. Oh right? God, no! Does he have a Does he have a fucking woke take on the Holocaust? Is it okay to make jokes about Jews? Well, yeah, but <laughs> let me just let me just, just read it. How many Jewish friends does he have? One. When we know that we should not do something, there is a voice within us that says, "Do it, do it, do it, do it." So he's like Emperor Palpatine. Then. Is this the explanation? Wait, wait. Okay. Do it. Is this the explanation of why so many Germans fall out of the role when they meet a Jew? Now, okay, that that's the direct translation. Wait, what? I had to look up what "aus der Rolle fallen" means. And it kind of means like to lose yourself or misbehave, but I like to just mean like you just wild out. Like, why do so many Germans just wild out when they meet a Jew? <laughs> the fact that that's an that the fact that that is a sentence, regardless of of in German or English, but that that that, that is a sentence produced by someone in Germany. Holy shit! What is wrong with this guy? I would tell you stuff from the articles, but they're just dumb. It's the same formula. He opens with some dumb little intro and then transitions and then ends with like, and that's why, and that's why I hate my mother. I don't know. Like, like for me, it's like all the worst Holocaust jokes I know come from my friends who are Jewish and they fucking think that that shit's hilarious. And they know that like it comes from the sense of it being horrible for them obviously but in the sense that then comedy for them is something that they can like reflect on that and then you know kind of have a collective memory about too at the same time like not being just like i don't know catholic about it and just beating themselves over okay. it but like i don't know but it's 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 yeah for you as a german it probably is different but yeah, i mean because the jokes i know come from horrible people i went to class with yeah, yeah, yeah. that were and very much into and that's like bad. nazi stuff that is and, bad and like, that, like is, that. that is that is genuinely bad you know like little bad. boys that will listen to to schranz and shit like that and drink and go to go park and and stuff like that i don't know like bros yeah, like yeah. bros but they that's would bad. make like Hitler that is like when, and, that's and like when white kids in the u.s make exactly. jokes about black people yeah or say the n-word yeah. or, something or say like the n-word that. exactly and yeah, if so you, that is yeah. If yeah. I see that, I would like uh, would like to punch them in the face. And Good as you should, yeah. but <laughs> there's this like like. But that's different. Um, but the reason I looked up is because, so, in the article, he actually says a lot like, okay, ju- most jokes I hear from Germans about Jews are not funny, and as case in point, he brings up someone he has a little bit of a beef with. Now to back up, 
the thing about Jan Fleischauer, if you haven't picked it up, is that he kind of consider he doesn't say it, but he kind of considers himself a comedian. Like I think he thinks of himself as like so smart, and he should be this world famous person that everyone thinks is a genius comedian. That's why he has a little bit of a beef with Jan Boomerman. And so in this uh, article, he brings up Jan Boomerman making Why do you have to bring jokes. the two greatest minds of Germany together? On yeah, I'm one. just like, fuck. I just let them fight. I don't this give is a fucking fuck. like, this is like Watch the Throne, but for German shit comedy. <laughs> or what's that one? Uh, Listeners, would it surprise you that most German comedy sucks? Yeah, no, I'm 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 taken back right totally now. It does suck. <laughs> Most of it. Yeah. <laughs> should we move on? Yeah, yeah, we should. But oh uh, god, what the fuck? This dude just pissing me off. And the more that I drink, the angrier I'm getting, which should not be the fact. It should be the exact opposite. I should be finding this funny, but he I'm just not. you can tell he just he likes picking like very he he loves to troll. He's a troll. He's a comedian. He loves to pick the right thing, whether it's toxic femininity or is it okay to make jokes about Jews? He he just does that. Okay. Next up in. Abonnieren Sie auf PewDiePie. Oh, sorry. I made that one up. I like, wait, I like how Rob has just destroyed our couch. <laughs> Yeah, Rob, you so fucking Rob is so Rob is so dummy thick that our couch is like sideways now. Okay, it's a small couch for the. You record. don't have to sit there. That's the thing. You can sit on the big boy couch. I don't know. It's kind of. I feel like special. Over you here. you like to think. Yeah, you are special, but like, damn, homie, you you fucking so dummy thick that you broke our couch. You know who else is dummy thick? Sometimes. Who? Okay, next op-ed. Where Trump is right. Oh, wait. What? What is Trump right about? Let's let's hear this fucking bird brain response. Can we praise the American president? In China policy, you even have to do that. As far as our relations with China are concerned, we are dangerously naive. Hardly any other people thinks as nationalistically as the Chinese. But no. Wait. What is he talking about? Oh, I'll tell you what he's talking about. I mean, about. okay, to be fair, China's policies are nationalistic to a degree. Like, I'm not going to deny that, but it's in a different sense than... I got, God damn it, you're going back to my fucking rant last week about how the West observes China as just this, like, Orientalist monster that then they just do not fucking want to understand. Oh, what's, what's that? Germany seeing China as an Orientalist monster? What, I wonder if somebody could could express those opinions so we have a good example of it is it is it your <clears throat> meat beater so he says blah 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 donald trump dumb shit okay now i'm going to read what he has to say about trump and china go go off i'm 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 done for an inexplicable I'm so out right well, now. i gotta do the bench beer voice but jan fleischauer for an inexplicable reason we in germany look to china with great goodwill on the occasion of the Chancellor's visit to Beijing recently, my colleague so-and-so described very beautifully how mildly and understandingly the Chancellor speaks about the Chinese president, which is somewhat astonishing when one considers how hard and intransigent she simultaneously judges Vladimir Putin. Okay. Compared with China, Russia is a friendly autocracy. Parliament is elected every five years, at least in theory. 
There are even opposition parties and something like free internet access. In China, on the other hand, you can be happy to be considered politically so inconspicuous that no one from above cares about you. Uh, do I have to do this fucking rant again that I did last week? No, you don't have to. Okay, because I'm not going to. He loves he loves Russia, apparently. But, yeah, who, who doesn't love Russia? Um, but to be fair, like, I don't... Just in a, in, in a purely diplomatic sense. Again, I don't want to play this role like I did last week. But you can... We don't have to look at China as being the the fucking boogeyman that they are it's just as simple as that germany meeting you're, you're, you're plugging your nose you're about to go off aren't you yeah just do it i admit i am biased about the chinese so he's Ch- racist he's just straight up fucking racist is what he's sorry saying. it's hard to say the dry fuck klaman chinoza the what like the triple print i don't know i say triple parentheses chinese in oh god <laughs> <laughs> but like okay so i'm not gonna read this whole dumb story he just story. likes putin because putin's he, white yeah exactly That's, yeah that is so it. he goes he just tells some story about how he was on a state visit to china and then he they have like a dinner and then food was served okay I'll, I'll read it actually um i could have saved myself the trouble of making contact as the course of the banquet showed as soon as the speeches were finished my neighbors turned their backs on me and played around with their smartphones then the food was served, which meant you had to make sure you got something on your plate. Then my conversation partners returned to the screen of their smartphones. A look at the other tables proved that I didn't have to take this personally. Interest in one's neighbor, even if it's only hypocrisy, doesn't seem to belong to the rules of courtesy that are internalized in the Middle Kingdom. Ugh. God. You're... you're- you did this just to fucking torture me today. I'm torturing not just you. I'm torturing all of our listeners. And yourself. You have... I am your shield. My God. And so then he goes on about how the U.S. is the only people standing up to China. Ba, ba, ba. No one needs to stand up to China. They're like... To be fair, China is having... All right. To be fair, within the country itself, yes, they should demand for, you know, whatever they want in the terms of politically... The shit against the, the 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 regime that exists there, and typically it does come from the left. A lot of Americans disregard that that a lot of the uh, the uh, people who are against the government are further left than the government is. But for Christ's fucking sake, just shut up, Jan Jan Meat Beater. I'm just gonna end because this is one of those times where he just like mind if I wild out. This is his final paragraph. For some reason, we don't blame the Chinese. I suppose it has something to do with the Asian way. Asia is our home of deep wisdom and Buddhist contemplation. Often, you don't recognize your mistakes until it's too late. Yeah, outside they're fucking going ham. All right, this is the last one before I want to get into a sexual pathology, like real deep. I don't even know if we want to talk about this. It's just, it's a whole thing about Kaid Said, and he never mentions Kaid Said because he's a little bitch. And it's like, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't want to get roasted by them. This is the one. Okay, I'll, I'll read it. Today, I received a mail from Bavaria. The sender introduced himself as a policeman in the Bavarian task force. His name doesn't matter, so I, I'll leave it out. I took up. Uh, I can't do Bavarian accent. I, oh, yeah. I'll, 
I took up my profession 20 years ago, the officer wrote, because I was convinced then as now that it was important to protect the rule of law from the influence of extremists and criminals. This is the he's quoting from the police officer. It makes me all the more stunned that the highest representatives of the state are not too sorry to count on the support of people who explicitly and unequivocally hate this state and its police in the hysterically inflated fight against the right. The fact that the federal president and the foreign minister need to express praise and appreciation for a band that glorifies violence against cops in their texts, I personally feel as a slap in the face. Yo, he doesn't know what, what the Bavarian police are doing then, does he? No, he doesn't. So the band they're talking about is this rap group, Kaized, K-I-Z. Yeah. Do, do you want to... Yeah, Yulia can can riff about them because they're pretty cool. Yeah, so Kaized is a, yeah, a rap group from actually from Berlin. And <coughs> um, they're known to be quite left-wing in, in like their, the stuff that they do, but they're also very offensive. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I would say they're like Eminem if Eminem were actually like a leftist. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're equally offensive, like quite like clever and rhymes. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. 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 And they're, they're just smart. And they themselves yeah. are just like full blown socialists. Yeah. Like, I'd say it so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they don't. They don't even really hide it at all. Yeah. They have, of course, they have songs jokingly talking about beating like killing police officers and yeah Jan Fleischauer is very mad about that but never <laughs> mentions it he just sort of is just he's maybe above it maybe he's yeah. just scared but he doesn't mention also Kaid is very much involved with Deepatai which is yeah true yeah 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 the yeah, comedic yeah, like party that we have satire. talked about I, I just I do have to read this line where he's talking about okay I recommend a simple test to anyone who thinks um this is uh, this is fine. These lines about killing cops. We simply should insert women or gays instead of the word cops. Oh, fuck off. They're not the same. Do women and gays protect the state? No, they don't. Wait, women, gays, and cops are the same. Yeah. Yo, I did not actually, get money to like, yo, be gays, gays and women people. are braver than any other fucking cop that I know. <laughs> yeah, well, unless they're women cops. I just like to pepper spray people. I, probably he sees like uh, um, a similarity there. <laughs> that we and then he, he does a he does a wild like twist, like a wild projection here, because then to end it, he says um, he mentions this guy, Ulf Poshot. Do you know him? I actually want to talk about him, too, but that's another episode. He's also anyway. So when he makes fun of the like the like silly rhymes of the anti-fascist musical resistance. The reaction is not amusement at the punchlines of the lyrics, but indignation at the frivolity of someone making jokes about the imminent takeover of power from the right. That is perhaps the worst thing about political hysteria, the holy seriousness with which democracy is now being saved. Again, like three paragraphs ago, he was pissed that they had jokes about killing cops. To close his thing, <sighs> to close his op-ed. Can we do, the, can we do my, the, my, my favorite one right now then? Let me let me close the op-ed. Oh, I thought you meant like the, the episode. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. As Woody Allen says about the people from right and left, you should recognize them by their lack good, of humor. Good person to reference Woo! in 2019. Is it surprising that he mentions Woody Allen? Maybe it's because he has a lot of strong thoughts about me too. Would that surprise you folks? No, of course I not. I don't think so. I'm not going to read the whole. Okay. We've been digging deep to try to find his sexual pathologies. You've been digging deep. I've been sitting here like, just in fucking awe that you first off spent this much time with this shit fucking idiot. 
And second, that this shit idiot fucking exists. I've been, but like we've been going, we've been showing you like the indirect ex- evidence, but he just lays it out here. I'm not even going to read the title. It's, he's just saying me too, like it's a witch hunt against men and whatever. Yo, Rob, like how whole, are you not, like how are you not a better student? This is the whole paragraph. Sex, the amount of research that you do is fucking stupid for this podcast. Sex is generally not a good subject in the working environment. So he says, I don't make crude jokes to women. And he says, sex is generally not a good subject in the working environment. I would recommend. I do not want to hear about sauna experiences or swingers evenings, regardless of gender. I mean, I, I, already, I do. That sounds fucking cool. I already feel uneasy about the idea that the people I know kiss each other. Any public intimacy that goes beyond this is an imposition. This is like that fucking Ben Shapiro thing when he was meeting with uh, with with uh, Rick. Uh, was it is is it is a uh, uh, Dave Rubin? Maybe. Um, there's that video that then's being pushed around Twitter right now again yeah. that happened a year ago where he's like two big ballers. Yeah, yeah. Where he's down. like, I wouldn't go to your to, to your anniversary. Are you gonna have an orgy? Like in a, a, a gay orgy, and the only thing I can think about is just like strapping Ben Shapiro down into fucking just a, a chair and putting him in, into the gayest club in Berlin, where they're just like pissing shit on each other and just having Ben Shapiro You're watch. That is a bad thing. What? No, it's fucking cool. And just Ben Shapiro just like watching all of his like deepest, darkest fantasies being just like, uh, uh, just, uh, uh, uh happening right in front of him because i know that deep down inside he just wants to have just like he just wants to put those trainers on and go to snack party he does on like on passover yeah sorry. <laughs> you know you know that ben shapiro deep down inside just like wants to just wants to dress like a fucking little gay thought and just get rammed and because the way the, the way that he fucking talks the way that he fucking talks to dave rubin is like you know that he wants gay orgies he fucking wants that just embrace it, bro. Yeah. yeah and it's seriously. like, stop being Sounds a fucking awesome. fascist. Yeah. Jan Fleischauer, <laughs> stop being a fascist too. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And it's just like, whenever I hear these things, they're just like these really just, it just sounds like a guy who just does not want to come to the fact that like, you want this, do it. It's cool. Like there in, in Berlin, there's safe spaces for you to fucking go ham and just to fucking fuck everything that you want within a, within a safe space. I'm not insulting any gay people. It's fucking cool that you have a place in Berlin to do that. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is fucking liberating and awesome. I know. You know? Like, where else do you have a place that you can go and just, like, do express you yourself yeah, and do whatever know, you want? Know, exactly. <laughs> you know? And then, and then you can go into this place. You can go fucking wild. You can do... You know, you can strap Ben Shapiro down to a chair and piss on him, make him a little piss pig. And then go home, and then like as if like nothing happened. You can finally go beast mode. Yeah, you've always wanted you can, to. Yeah, with it, consent, you beast yeah, mode yeah. people well, with their consent. Yeah, kind well, of, sort of. Well, you know, general yeah. consent. And but then. like, where else can you do that? You know, like Ben Shapiro, come to Berlin, get pissed on, be a little piss pig, please. If only it were that easy. <laughs> of course not. Ah, <sighs> one more. And Jan Fleischhauer, please. Like, your name's perfect for a gay club. Can a woman rape a man?
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> you you knew he was all over this story because Jan Fleischauer. This is like this is this is oh god. This is his shit. Homie, stop beating your meat. The actress Asia Argento. I don't know how to say her name. Argento is said to have sexually abused a seventeen-year-old. The initiators of the gender debate. Uh, no, th this is this is needs a voice. The initiators of the gender debate catch up with her failure to distinguish between the serious and the infantile. So now he's like, boom, me too. Owned you by your own logic. You're the real sexual assaulters. <laughs> God, fuck off. <laughs> the one thing, this is just classic. This is actually like old man um, sexual pathology. Not as much as like Ben Shapiro one. Um, but he says, of course... <clears throat> I can't help myself, but the first thing I thought when I read the description of, of the events, which are now considered to be serious abuse, was, and the boy asked for compensation afterwards? Most 17-year-olds would consider it a stroke of luck to rid an older woman of the hormonal disorders affecting late, uh, associated with late puberty. <sighs> this is just a South Park episode. <laughs> That is it. It's the one where where Ike gets like has a relationship with his teacher, and then they're all just like nice. The other thing about his, like we've been saying throughout, that even though he is a he is just like a the fascism is just right underneath his surface. He doesn't out and like explain his conservative beliefs. He's just always analytical commentator, comedian talking about it. He doesn't engage it. And Funny part of the guy. reason for that is he thinks that nobody has a view of the future. The left doesn't actually have a view of the future. They just want to think they're better than themselves, better than you. No one, he thinks, has a view of the future. So what happens when someone has a view of the future and maybe they're a child that he thinks he cares about so much? Uh, Would it surprise going? you that he is really, really mad at Greta Thunberg? Really mad. No, it um, doesn't surprise me at all. So these are just two. Again, it hasn't been around that long. But he has two op-eds talking about Greta. What, that she should go back to school or something like that? Not. It's worse than that. Oh, God. Well, okay. The first thing is that most of his focus are on journalists, particularly women journalists, who are like, oh, they're caught in this rapture about Greta and they're just like lose all sense of logic and reason and they just think, oh, she's this messiah figure. Her, his last op-ed is actually called um, it's called The Book of Greta and goes into all of this and so when he actually okay so one of them in typical Fleischhauer fashion he talks about he opens with one dumb story and transitions to a different dumb story. So he starts with one dumb story about an AFD politician trying to do a moment of silence for this 14-year-old girl who was killed by an asylum seeker in Wiesbaden. And then he says that's an unfair emotional appeal. Like he agrees with the SPD. He's sort of acting like, hey, actually, I agree with the SPD because that's against the rules of the Senate. You're not allowed to do that. And then he says he another, law. another unfair emotional appeal is Greta Thunberg telling people that they're bad. And then he says, actually, and the Greens are always flying anyway. Well, the Greens do suck, but whatever. But like, Greta Thunberg, like, again. A kid. Like a kid, a 16-year-old who actually is like inspiring other kids and maybe has a bit like, again, a kid 
so whatever you say that she doesn't have a full vision of the world first of all she has more than you and she has more of a vision of the future than you and she definitely believes in the future more than Jan Fleischhauer and when he's, and when, when he's confronted with that when he's confronted with someone who actually isn't this like horribly nihilistic like person who wants to just if he like in his head he has the scenes from Death Wish and everything playing through <laughs> his mind his that's his fucking Kofkino when he's engaged with that he has to just be pissed off Exhibit A. This is what he says about Greta Thunberg. Again, remember what he said, his care about children, especially children who he thinks are like, oh, they want to be left behind because they're they're unhealthy. With Greta Thunberg, it has to be added that she is not considered healthy. At the age of 11, Greta became depressed, according to her family, and developed a severe eating disorder. Yo, who isn't depressed, though? Like, 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 for real. Exactly. <laughs> then she was diagnosed with Asperger's, a disorder from the autism group. Greta explains that Asperger's syndrome helped her to tackle the fight against climate change because she sees the world without grayscales. I don't know if that tr translation was right. Conversely, this only means that special consideration must be given to them. But Asperger's the doesn't mean that you... In the next, next op-ed, he mentions, uh, again, when he's just going off, when he's just <laughs> murking... Uh, so he hates he hates artistic women people. Jur journalists. He, he says, according women. to Petra Kelly, I don't know who she is, the mythical founding figure of the environmental movement, her sister's death from cancer had led her to believe in in ecology in in uko some uko album. What cancer was for Kelly is autism for Turnberg, which makes her see Holy things shit, stop more it, clearly stop than others. Just stop, 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 stop. He uses someone's autism as a crutch for them of why they can't have an opinion. Yeah. What a fucking horrible person. Autism doesn't make you enabled to like, it doesn't make your political, like no disability it makes, makes you way fucking, cooler than Jan Fleischauer. <laughs> yeah. But still like you can be I, fully functioning and be autistic. I know it's, it's, it's dark. Because That's absolutely disgusting. I, I know this because is, he just ends up sounding like a fucking Nazi at the end. He just wants to exterminate what a that he, people. We, we started with him wanting to exterminate all the drug deals in Gorlitzer Park, and yeah. we end with him. No, I'm sorry. Like this guy's a fucking Nazi prick who then is just using someone's disability who they fucking done, regardless of the disability they have or not, has done something really fucking cool and is has you know created a, a dialogue about something that most other teenagers have failed to do not that that teenage like not, not that, that that teenagers are specifically smart or anything like that but that this guy is using his old nazi rhetoric about why these people don't deserve, deserve a political voice like if people forgot the nazis also murdered you if you were d disabled and autism is a disability under this nazi rhetoric and in my opinion it just comes down that he's a fucking nazi just through and through yep. he's a piece of shit and the fact that any fucking publication gives him, you know, the space that he has to fucking preach his bullshit is like, they're scum too. Go fuck all of them. This is just depressing now at this point. I'm not amused anymore. <laughs> I'm just mad. Yeah. I hate this fucking country so much sometimes because I see yeah. shit like this. Just he spends, like, and you can't even say like, even though he spends most of his time acting above it all, if he's just challenged, I was 
I was saying before, what's the old saying? If you scratch a liberal, a fascist bleeds. But this here is you scratch someone who like a, a snarky conservative who doesn't who pretends to be above politics, just a wild and out Nazi appears. Yeah. Just the littlest scratch. Yeah. Just Greater Thunberg getting too much attention in the news. He becomes a fucking full blown. We have to like, you know, euthanize the entire fucking population who isn't pure. And that is what he pretty much is asking for, regardless of it being like actual death camps. But he just does not want to have, to have an opinion, which for some people would be death camps. So I'm sure he wouldn't be op- opposed to that. No, you know, fuck this guy. This fucking piece of shit. I hate him so much. Why did you show him to me? My life was so much better before I I, I, I showed him to you because this cause is so bad. He needs to be harassed on Twitter. He doesn't get he any does. harassment. I think we do need to end. That's way yeah. Too we got to end with end this on. because this is the only one that I actually read, and I just loved how fucking stupid he was. So and now, okay, whew. I think we, we might mean, need to put a little break in there, like dude, yeah, 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 like to, to get people. You like, thought that you thought you were oppressed, inserting whatever person you are who lives in Germany or in Europe or in the United States. You're not. Jan, Jan Meatbeater is going to tell you that you're a fucking pussy, and the people who are actually the most depressed are East Germans, which, to be fair, he's kind of right about something. East Germans are second-class citizens. But then he tries to go on this whole shtick about how, like, they're more oppressed than refugees. I don't know. Okay. It became weird. So hopefully you've been listening to the whole episode. Hopefully you haven't just become so depressed at just these fucking Nazis. But maybe you have an, a sense of his style. Like we've said that he doesn't actually care about anything. He's deeply nihilistic and that he considers himself above it all. And that he, all he's, he subs to do is he German. wants to troll. He wants to troll the Antifa. And then if he's, of course, if he's challenged even a little bit, he just freaks the fuck out. Whether it's like Müller, the the Berlin mayor, like doing something, who is, or who is Hugo Chavez apparently? Yeah, um, but yeah, you get a sense that he just really wants to like use the 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 liberal, the SPD, the cosmopolitan left, those those fucking bitch women. He wants to use their logic against them. And um, I brought up this one article. We'll put it in the show notes. Just so you have a little taste of Fleischhauer, you have a taste of the of his of his beaten meat, of just kind of his style and how how there's an, we want to point out how there's another way, and that a his critiques a, th- a third way, as we always say on this show, there is a third way on third the the third way Spati. Stop soon. This is because this this article that he wrote is like one part kind of woke. It's the mm-hmm. only wokeness that I've gotten from him the well, entire time is that then like, okay, as, as, as we stated before that like East Germany are East Germans are treated as second class citizens within their own country, but you can't use that as, as a point of then like, Oh, they're more discriminated against than people who aren't from this country. That's just, that, that simply is not true. And he tries to go and equate that to then like, like that they're that they're worse off than than the muslim community in yeah. this country Jan Fleischhauer is- takes an extremely bad faith fundamental like simplistic reading of identity politics and says huh this is all what that's is av- yeah what is this, identity this politics this is all that's available off? to yeah. you there's nothing else there's no hope there's no future like and then he's he's trying to pull you into that gravity that yeah, like, yeah. yeah even the left 
they there's no future here too let me show you how dumb it is but he's wrong he's fucking dumb he takes a a, a point that's like the east germans it's like, true is is are worse off than west germans yeah, yeah. and then he just tries to drain all hope from your body because he just wants to pull everyone down to the same and then he sad uses, fucking he, sack of he shit he uses that he is. identity politics in this like white nationalist sort of bullshit thing is that if these two groups are oppressed, regardless of what level of oppression they're at, like there could still be a collective, uh, like 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 a collective movement that they surround themselves around, which would be socialism. But no, Jan fucking, you know, dick jack offer has to fucking go off and make it that then that white people are more of a priority than people who aren't white, and that's disgusting. Okay, the op-ed. It's from April 4th, so pretty recent. That's yeah, the newest one ago. of all the ones we've read, but everything's been in the past year. It's called, I Simply Discriminated Against. <laughs> Everyone today is marginalized in a certain that, way. That really cool fucking Despicable Me movie. That, that uh, brings with it a particular identity as a woman, a migrant, or sexually marginalized. To be precise, even the author of this column belongs to a discriminated minority. Who, so, what white white male classic classic Fleischhauer now like you got his style let's just let's get into let's it. go let's chop this shit up the East German is the Muslim of the West no he does not no, feel taken no, seriously no 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 he suffers from the fact that people consider him unwilling to integrate economically he sees himself as being left behind socially disadvantaged he basically feels the same way as the immigrant from Turkey even if he would reject the settlement. He can do what he wants. Even after 30 years in the country, he remains a foreigner who has never really become open to the majority society. No. No, no, no. no. Like, yes, to a very small degree, but you're not they're not as oppressed as people from okay. Turkey. Well, this hinges on what his argument hinges on. I'm going to skip this part, but then there's some new study that shows what the uh, how East Germany are they left behind, but they're they're discriminated against in choice, whatever. Today, everyone is marginalized in a certain way which is what the particular identity as a woman, foreigner, or sexually marginalized person brings with it. Discrimination is always a question of context. To be precise, even I belong to a discriminated group. Me too. Some will laugh now when they read this. But I have the evidence on my side. No, you don't. In Spiegel, people who do not place their cross reliably with the Greens or the SPD are clearly in the minority. Well, Take a look at the series of columnists. All people who are more or less on the left prove this every week. Do not believe that it would always be easy to work under these conditions. I am sure that there are a number of colleagues who consider me to be backward and unwilling to integrate. Yeah, you, because you're a Nazi. If you so. like, I am the Muslim of Spiegel. Fuck off, God. <laughs> Ugh, what is identity politics? Now you're getting to that. You already <laughs> fucking figured it out, you fucking Identity white politics is the promise that what you encounter in life as adversity can be traced back to your origins. If I am female or black or somehow different from the others around me, then I can assume that it is not the actual inadequacy that prevents me from progressing, but the prejudice structure of the majority. Actually, to be fair, to be fair, that, 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 that's a pretty decent critique of like neoliberal identity politics. Like he isn't wrong about that. And that's why neoliberal identity politics is stupid because there's a deeper thing with it that is class that then yeah. encapsulates itself around race and or, man, or manifests from. itself in race. You yeah, could say. absolutely. Yeah. Like how, like in the sense of, in the sense of like, you know, I like, I like going off on this because I find it so weird 
is like European race theory and whatnot is like batshit insane compared to the U.S. because you don't have chattel slavery to, the, to 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 you know manifest that and to continuate it throughout American history. Where in Europe it's like, oh, the fucking Serbs or the whoever Eastern European dipshits are the reason. Well, why did I pick Serbians? They're actually like the most normal of the <laughs> Eastern Europeans. But you know, like like the Turks, the Greeks, the Italians, the the race science that then like that 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 continuously is like reformed itself isn't around like solely skin color you know but the fact that he's trying to make it in the sense of like a geographical thing that then is what german history is like one part kind of true but then the same part not equivalent to if you're not a white german he's just trying to drag you down he's trying to pull you in he's just grabbing he's dragging you to hell (laughs) he won't let you out It is. I need another sports TV. This is just a random part. While the proportion of female and homosexual students are clearly overrepresented today, the proportion for children whose parents have a lower secondary school leaving certificate is less than ten percent. Got to pick one or the other. Are you with the females and homosexuals, or yes. are you Wait, with the proportion of I'm, children? What if I'm female and? <laughs> it's just. Uh, which is. Okay, we're talking about him arguing disingenuously. I, have, I just don't, you know what? I have no just, idea. How just, 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 just put put the article down. I think that this, I, I think we get his point. He's fucking dumb. But okay, just let's just finish with this. We we talk about him arguing disingenuously. Here is the the peak de resistance. In the 1960s, this, he's quoting from um, the author of the thing he referenced before. In the 1960s, the so-called class question was a central motive of the student movement. Which is still true. But okay. In the 1970s, the women's question, and since the beginning of the new millennium, the issue of diversity came to the fore. As a result, social origin has become the forgotten side of the diversity discourse. End quote. Back to Fleischhauer. After all, the East German has now experienced the long-awaited appreciation as a recognized victim group. If a home for foreigners in Rostock or, P- or Pirna is about to burn, it must be seen as a reaction to the experience of devaluation to which the marginalized who have come from Eastern Germany are exposed. Rudy Duchka already knew that in view of the violence of the system, the violence of the individual is always only an expression of his despair. Cool that he ends with. That's his, Rudy that's Duchka his like QED by your own logic. Cause he's like the left, you have to love these racists. You have to love the racists who you say you hate because you hate me. And therefore uh, I'm going to own you with logic. It doesn't have to be this way, folks. No, because you do can, not. Uh, I mean, one easy thing is not to read him, which you probably don't already, so don't start. But yeah, I don't fucking. Don't let anyone tell you that that oh, you don't care about this, and you need that you need to care about that. He doesn't understand what actual leftism is, and He's don't not a leftist, of course exactly. not. But like, you can't let him define the terms. And I'm and like and it's not just him because this argument is all too familiar. This whole thing, you know, yeah, you're caring about this group over this group, or like, um, actually, as a white German, this is how Germans sound to me. Actually, as a white German, like, I went to China and they said I was weird, and so I feel racism too. <laughs> like that's what most. That's a common. That's a common thought and a common feeling, and 
all Jan Fleischhauer wants to do is just keep muddying that water. He loves that shit. He says he doesn't, but he loves it. He loves fucking, all of the... He's a fucking dirty ass He hell. loves it. And you just can't let... You can't let him just no. do that. You can't let him... You can't pay him any attention. He is a fucking Nazi who just... Is just waiting for who's the masked, moment to pop who's, off. Who's masked in academic conservatism, simply put, which is very, like, that is a transatlantic. The real promise sort of, thing. of quote unquote identity politics is that understanding identity as they had expand, uh, as understanding identity as a vehicle for radical politics. That's been cut out of all quote unquote identity politics across the world, across, across the West, I should say. That's not because that's that's because of a long history of conservatives tearing that out, tearing out that like radical portion of identity yeah, yeah. politics and just leaving you with this and saying, see, this is what you wanted. But that's not actually what identity can be. Identity should be a revolutionary vehicle that you understand the world and the class struggle of the world through your particular identity. I think that's a good point to end on then. Yeah. Okay. So since it's Good Friday today. Um, I don't know why you guys call it Good Friday. It's because Jesus died. That's a great <laughs> thing. <laughs> we call it Karfreitag. I don't know why either. But stuff that is forbidden in Germany is, for example, we have a Tanzverbot, so it's not allowed to dance or go out and dance. It depends on the state, of course, that you're in in Germany. But there's other stuff that is also forbidden. It's movies in the theater that don't have like... Um, uh, a serious character <laughs> in them, <laughs> so you you can't watch comedy on on Good Friday. Um, anything that disturbs the 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 silence of this day, so like like moving, they're the peace, yeah, the peace of this day. So like moving, for example, or uh, getting rid of all your glasses, uh, like your glass bottles and stuff. Um, and there's another one. Uh, wait. It is. <laughs> For example, you can't uh, watch uh, the life of Brian on Karfreitag <laughs> on Good Friday. You can't watch it. And you can't watch it. No, and sporting ev uh, events are also forbidden. So yeah, that's some fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So don't right. be heathenistic, and you should celebrate the true Easter, which is actually next next week. And yeah. So um. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week for We got uh, a fucking live stream. Let's do it, baby. Woo! Woo! We'll see you guys next week for uh what is true Easter, which is Greek Easter. So, uh um I'm going to pre prepare a feast and I'll share it with all of you. Hell yeah. Also, it's 420. Blaze it. <laughs>